0: Kindly and we're burning
1: daylight
0: welcome to burning daylight the only podcast for the working cowboy well howdy there daylight burners uh hope everybody's doing well today uh got a really cool guest on the show um it's a fellow named Jonathan Woods, and he's the author of uh, one of the craziest premises of a story that I've, I've ever uh, come across. I've, uh, I'm a couple chapters into this book, and it's uh, fascinating and interesting as hell, and I can't wait to, to finish it and uh, move on to some of your other works. So Jonathan, how the hell are you today?
1: I am fantastic. Uh, just came back from uh, five days in Minneapolis at a thing called voucher con 1200 crime fiction fans and 200 authors oh okay Great. um
0: yeah that sounds like a good time so um i was looking looking on your website and uh and kind of through your your uh bio and you're you're a very well educated man like uh you've uh you've got a pretty impressive uh college resume
1: well, I don't know. picked up a couple of law degrees and an undergrad degree and made a living. you know, yeah, and now well, I use all that intellect to write absolutely shocking whoops, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy books
0: and yeah, this is a crazy story, so uh I guess if you want to give us a little rundown about yourself and how you how you came came about doing this uh what do you call it like uh satirical, um noir? Um
1: yeah, crazy, crazy genre you've got <laughs> going there. <laughs> it's all mixed up, but it it all comes out of um my earlier books. I, I write kind of pulpy crime fiction, mm-hmm. and it gets uh, stranger and stranger the older I get. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, that that's awesome. I uh it's it's like uh I mean I, I've got two, two young kids and they come up with some, some really crazy ideas. And, uh, yeah, yours is this, this whole deal is right up there with them, except you got a whole lot of, you know, experience and education, uh, to, to go along with it, to make sure they kind of, you don't have to suspend reality too far to, to kind of get into the book.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Actually, I kind of live in a suspended mm-hmm. reality yeah. <laughs> since COVID hit, so it's been pretty weird. But um, I really enjoyed writing this book. It was a lot of fun to write, and it kind of wrote itself. I'm not one of these writers that outlines or anything like that. I just come up with a main character, Mr. Ray Puzo, ex-Special Forces guy, and uh, they say, Go for it, Ray. And mm-hmm. He ends up on this crazy cow ranch down in Texas. So he's kind of looked down on by the local, uh, vaqueros, say, but, uh, he shows his mark when he, uh, starts sh- slaughtering feral hogs.
0: These aren't, aren't your regular feral hogs? I mean, everybody kind of is aware of the feral hog problem in Texas nowadays. And, and people have made some pretty big money of, uh, of hunting them. And, uh, You, you, uh, yeah, you took it to a place I never, I I never saw coming. So, uh, yeah, how'd you come up with that?
1: So I have absolutely no idea. (laughs) Back in high school, I read George Orwell's Animal Farm. And uh, my earlier noir is kind of on the border of surreal or absurdist. And it's Mm. kind of, between that way of thinking about the world and animal farm and feral hogs, uh, it just kind of all kind of blended together like a good cornbread made with jalapenos, you know? Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. That, that's very, very Texas there. (laughs) (laughs) I, I grew up just, uh, just North of the panhandle, uh, in the Southeast corner of Colorado. So I'm, 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 uh, I'm aware of all those, you know, those, those little Texas idiosyncrasies and, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, so radioactive, um, feral hogs that have gained intelligence and, uh, read books and, uh, it's,
1: uh, and shoot machine guns. And uh, yeah, I haven't got to that part yet, but no. I, I'm, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> So these hogs feel really put upon, you know, by this Mr. Puzo, who's a crack military killer. I mean, that's all he knows. He's kind mm-hmm. of a, kind of an innocent character, other than that. Yeah. He's not very worldly. So anyway, these crazy hogs who are now super intelligent, and that's just kind of a given in the book. Mm-hmm they uh they decided that they don't want to be wiped out, so they start fighting back, just like uh good Ukrainians, you know mm. they, they fight back, yeah when uh, the uh, humans in Russia invade, uh-huh. so yeah, that's what happens to my hogs, and uh, there's a you know they they basically end up putting the ranch under siege, so huh it's yeah, a- it's it's crazy.
0: So, uh, it's funny. Like I was, I was telling you before we we started here, I, uh, and, and it kind of ties into, you know, this whole, the whole world just being kind of weird right now, you know, with, with COVID, uh, you know, everything, everything that has gone on, you know, you had the, uh, you, you know, I'm always been a conspiracy theory, like enthusiast. Like I don't, I don't buy into all of them, but I, I will at least, uh, like examine most of them because uh, they're just fascinating. And well,
1: I, I guess you need to start spreading the word that the hogs are coming.
0: <laughs> yeah. I see that there, there you go. I, and I say, I, I, I went on a, on a similar route, but uh, I was, I was investigating these, uh, these mutilated cattle. Uh, you know, there's several different cases all across the West uh, where people come across their cattle. look looked like they've been, you know, dissected surgically and stuff and uh and nobody really has a good explanation for it um but it, you know it, it reeks of ufo's and whatnot and I, so i said well maybe maybe it's a, a sasquatch what if uh aliens <laughs> you know abducted a sasquatch and that there was just a hell of a fight in that in that flying saucer and they you know the aliens and the sasquatch came to some sort of understanding and they gave you know the aliens gave all this technology to the sasquatch in order to keep us humans in line and so then, you know, we called. I call it science squatch. So it's kind of, kind of the same, same premise. I don't know. I mean, there was a, a general idea where where it came from, but it all, it's all nonsense. But I, I'm gonna try to make it a thing. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> well, good luck with that. You know, yeah. I don't know if you can turn it into some quick cash,
0: yeah. There you go. Okay.
1: right. I mean, yeah. Uh,
0: it's uh, it's funny how the, you know the year 2020 was just like a confluence of all these, these conspiracies like floating around that just like, it was like one big, like, I mean, outside of it being real life, it was really quite fascinating that to watch it all unfold, you know, with the QAnon uh, movement, with all of the, all of the different various uh, conspiracies uh, surrounding COVID with the election. And, and it was just, I mean, you had just like a, the perfect storm of conspiracy theories and uh yeah it was it was fascinating to watch still is
1: well well the good news about hog wild is it's not part of that it started before <laughs> covid <laughs> I, worked, nice. I worked on it in a writer's group down in san marcos texas okay a beautiful little town down in the hill country Mm-hmm. And, uh, a lot of
0: good music comes out of that that area.
1: It does. Well, it's just a little south of Austin. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I, uh, a lot of my favorite bands uh, all come come out of that Austin. Austin, well, you know, Austin and Stillwater, Oklahoma, between those two two scenes, that's kind of where most of my my favorite musicians come from.
1: Um, yeah, well, you know, there's a really great song by Hank Williams Jr. called Hog Wild. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really great song. So I think that one came out of Nashville. But.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that album, I might use that as, uh, as the, the exit song for, for this interview. Uh, it, uh, it's, it's pretty fitting.
1: Yes, you should do that. It's a, it's I, th- really th- I think I will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how, I was doing it to promote the book on uh, like Facebook and stuff. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, So you uh, you said you got a you got a couple of law degrees. How how do how does that work? Like, I thought just once you became uh, you, you know, you got your jurist doctor, doctor and passed the bar, you were just a lawyer.
1: Well, you know, I wanted to be a better lawyer, so I I said I want twice as much punishment. And so (laughs) I took, you know, two law degrees. Uh, I see. (laughs) No, I went to a a small law school in Boston, and I just needed a piece of paper from a big-name firm in order to... To kind of pump up my resume, so oh I see I see uh, you know I had a great time as a lawyer. Uh, I worked for a high tech company it was a multinational. I used to go to Japan and Europe and mexico mm. so you, big, you've uh,
0: seen seen all sorts of cool stuff
1: oh yeah, a lot of my i actually am I, I have kind of a love affair with mexico it's uh it features all in almost yeah. all of my books. Um, As a place that people go and get crazy in. So actually, it's a little surprising. Hogwild is set in South Texas. So I guess that's near the Mexican border, but
0: uh, yeah, a lot of Mexican influence. So
1: (laughs) definitely.
0: Yeah. I, I've only been just uh, right over the border, and uh, I was when I was in high school went with my church down there to Reynosa, and uh, oh, okay. that's the extent of my international travel. I've I've been <laughs> quite a few different places here in the states, but my uh, my international is just over the border in Mexico.
1: <laughs> well, I I really love Mexico. It's too bad about all this cartel junk,
0: but oh man, it's awful. Maybe I, they'll uh, get
1: their hands around it someday, but.
0: I hope so. I don't know how you how you fix that, but i i like i i i work with uh and I have worked for my most of my adult life with primarily Mexican guys you know either first generation or second generation uh you know in the u s and really just terrific people can't beat the food and uh and just you know it's i really i really enjoy you know just that that culture uh and i I'd like to go down there but also i I don't wanna be uh you know, you know, carjacked and robbed and kidnapped oh, right. or whatever. Yeah.
1: Yes, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and Why? That, that's not even <laughs>
0: yeah, that's not even an exaggeration anymore, you know. It's like that's uh that's not being paranoid. That's a real thing that happens quite a bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I used to go over the border all the time down by Brownsville into Matamoros. So now mm. people say don't go. So But um, my first novel, which is called A Death in Mexico, actually is set in San Miguel de Allende, which is this beautiful colonial town up in the mountains, about three hours north of Mexico City. It's a gorgeous little town. Mm. And then um, my second novel, Kiss the Devil Goodnight, the second half of it is set in uh, Yucatan and uh, involves actually uh, kind of a crazy, uh, crazy cartel that uh, all the uh, soldiers of the cartel go bare chested, whether they're female or male. So a little weird.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Your, your style is like, uh, it's like Tarantino meets, uh, yeah. Like meets animal farm meets, uh, you know, like Jack Carr or Tom Clancy or something, you know, it's, (laughs) it's all, it's, I love it. It's uh it's it's fascinating you know it's uh and and it's it's like a good escape from you know because the the real world's weird enough but when you can find something even weirder that you know that that's not that doesn't take place in real life it's a nice little escape
1: well the book gets funnier as you get go through it too it's a very funny book
0: yeah i Uh, i I love humor so it's uh very unpredictable so awesome i i'm looking forward to, to finishing it yeah um has uh in, any thoughts of turning it into to a movie
1: or anything well i would love to do that well, I mean, yeah that's where the cash is you know oh yeah way, so no cash books anymore unless you can <laughs> write them in about eight sentences so, you know. yeah well who who would play the main character uh mr <laughs> puzo mr puzo gosh who would I have do that? Somebody young and, um, you know, muscular. <laughs> yeah, they'd have to be. Uh, who, yeah. Who, who is that? I don't know. Matt Damon, he's probably getting too old for the role. He is getting up there a little
0: bit. I mean, he's about 40 something. I don't know. He's I don't know how old. It's hard telling tell with Hollywood. You know, they. The Botox makes it difficult.
1: Right. And they airbrush everything. You
0: know? yeah. yeah. Um, well, so Jack Carr's got that series on Amazon now and and uh Chris Pratt's his main character does, and he does a good job of it. would be I think you'd have to have somebody kind of in that that mold.
1: Which Looks, what series is this you're talking about?
0: It's called uh Terminal List.
1: Oh, okay. You yeah. would recommend that,
0: huh? Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. If you like, you know, it's kind of uh, in the it's like a darker version of Tom Clancy, you oh. know, kind of a political thriller, you know, but same same premise, you know, ex Navy SEAL, um, you know, and you know, on a vendetta. It, it's oh. it's it's pretty 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 good. I I enjoyed it, but yeah. So it seems like you you, you draw some of that style, and yeah, like, and then it just gets weird. And uh, we, I like weird.
1: Yeah, well, I, you know, my couple of my favorite shows are uh, Better Call Saul and the, uh, um, the the predecessor show. Oh, Breaking Bad! Breaking yeah, Breaking Bad! Yeah, uh, that Bob
0: Odenkirk is, really does a good job with that character. Uh, and
1: it's a, you know, it's a dark to- story, but it's also very funny. Mm-hmm. Very much pokes fun at lawyers who deserve to be had fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah either, either fun or they're they're hated directly. I mean, you know, those Yeah, are, those are your two options. Nobody it's, loves a lawyer. <laughs> I I, th-
0: I think you're 100% uh right on that. And we're we're getting to see like some of the some of the crazier lawyers that actually exist on full display here in the last, you know, the past couple of years too. So that, that's also kind of neat.
1: Like Mr. Giuliani.
0: <laughs> yeah, Boy, what a talk about a fall from grace. Yeah, no Boy, problem. howdy. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's something else. I, uh, it, you know, if if Trump somehow stays out of jail it will not because he be because he has good lawyers it'll be because of something <laughs> else like lawyers are my god
1: <laughs> well you know i was i was one of those good guy lawyers i just worked on the paperwork for the deals so
0: there you go i didn't go.
1: i didn't screw anybody <laughs> 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 although i've um, had a couple of experiences since i left my legal pr- career where i needed a lawyer and I really felt, uh, I don't know, underrepresented, mm. not, not vigorously represented, but anyway, yeah. you know, yeah, there's,
0: uh, I think you could go off for, for days on, on lawyers and, uh, <laughs> but they're, 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 they're it's a necessary profession but boy there's a there's a lot of snakes in it.
1: Yeah, let's talk about beautiful women instead. There you go. <laughs> who
0: who would uh who would be the crazy uh the crazy ranch ladies in this
1: movie of yours? Ooh, uh I I would pick uh among others Chloe is it Savigny or something or Oh, okay. You know her. Yeah, she's a, she's a dark little uh you know. Yeah. Trampy type. <laughs> can yeah. I say that on your butt? Yeah, Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, we, you can Sorry. say whatever you want on here. But uh <laughs> you, you also kind of got to get some of the crazy eyes in there, too. So like, I mean, if AOC was an actress, you know, she's not a that's not a bad pick. You know, uh, she she's she's nice to look at, but she's got the crazy eyes. And you you could believe that she could do she could pull a gun on. Well, she doesn't really believe in guns. But if she did, yeah, you know, she'd pull it on somebody.
1: Yeah, I think she'd end up, you know, selling the ranch and giving it all away to charity. So, yeah, exciting.
0: Maybe. I mean, yeah. the,
1: the ranch matriarch, Amanda, in this in my in, in my Hogwild novel, is uh, out to find a heir to the ranch because her daughter is kind of a loose cannon and her son is gay. So she's kind of cut him out of the picture. Oh yeah. And, and so she wants Mr. Puzo to get in bed with his, her daughter and, and end up as the new, the new blood for the family, the the cross family that goes back to the days of George Washington.
0: Mm. So. Yeah. Cause this is one of those old, you know, old, uh, original Texas family ranches that, uh, Spread into an empire, and yeah, yeah, this
1: is the the King Ranch. or Yeah,
0: yeah. Any of those, you know, the XIT, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, it's. I, I really like the premise. Like I said I. I wish I'd had more time to finish uh finish it, but I uh, before we talk, but I, I can't wait to. Uh, it, it's. Yeah, it just such a crazy. Crazy style, but I'm fascinated by it.
1: Well, it's also, you know, it's a fast story. So it's in some ways, it's actually an adventure novel Mm -hmm. uh, written in kind of a pulpy 1950s style. I'm thinking Mm -hmm. people like John D. McDonald or uh, some of those great, they they used to be published by this uh, paperback publisher, Paperback Originals, Mm -hmm. um, Crest or gold crest something like that i see yeah i think i i don't know if i
0: read any of them but i i i it's got a like it was very kind of like rockabilly too wasn't it like there, yeah. that was kind of yeah Definitely. kind of yeah yeah they're like that that whole like 50s feel it was uh yeah i i got you it's uh yeah, pinstripes and you know, like the the crazy like eyeball paintings in on the cars <laughs> and stuff.
1: Hogwiles definitely rockabilly. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. That's a good plan. That's a good uh, handle for it. Rockabilly. Yeah, I think. Really yeah, noir. Makes... There,
0: there you... you go. There you go. <laughs> then it, it ties into that southern theme too, because southern, you know, the rockabilly was huge across the South, and uh, yeah, I I think, uh, huh.
1: Yeah. When I lived in Nashville, uh, there, there, was, there was a fabulous rockabilly band. Guy, the lead guitarist was a guy named Webb Wilder, and he never made it, you know, big beyond Nashville or beyond Tennessee. But he was, he was just fabulous. So if you ever get, the, I guess you'd probably pull him up off of YouTube. Oh yeah, Web uh, Webb Wild.
0: Wilder. 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 Okay, I'll, I'll look him up. Yeah, that. Um... Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley with the Burning Daylight Podcast. If you ever wanted to make a podcast, well, Spotify's got a platform that, makes, that lets you make one super easily. And then you can distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place, for free. It's called Spotify for, for Podcasters, and here's how it works but, anyways, this the uh, the podcast I use, or the podcast uh, host that I use. I like Spotify. They're uh, they're very good on just letting you do your thing uh, with uh, with no catch to it. Uh, there's a good reason why Joe Rogan hosts podcasts on Spotify, and, and this is uh, this is a great way to get started if you if you have ever thought about starting a podcast. This is where I would send anybody to go. Yeah, cause I, I I used to listen to uh, you know like Reverend Horton Heat and that that uh you know that kind of there there was a few rockabilly bands that okay. I, I kind of got into and then you know like uh, Levon Helm uh, from the band he he got his start and you know rock in that rockabilly scene and it was uh yeah kind of a crazy kind of post World War era or World War II era just uh yeah it was it was uh. It was still some wild people, but hadn't gone in like full counterculture yet. I mean, they were the counterculture before the
1: counterculture. Yeah, definitely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, where where did you grow up at? I grew up uh, coast to coast. I lived okay. In, I lived in L.A., Massachusetts, upstate New York, Ohio, Nashville. Um, so, I'm a I'm a product of. America, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, army brat or you uh, just bounced corporate, around
1: corporate. Corporate, oh, yeah. okay. My huh. father was a kind of a mid-level finance guy, and he uh, just never could settle into one company. So he was always changing jobs. Oh, I see. I don't know what that was all about, but we all have our burdens to bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so you you really got a broad swath of America that that uh experienced um
1: I did absolutely. Yeah. What was
0: your uh I guess your favorite if you had to pick one?
1: Well, oh, well, it's always where I am. So uh, There you then go. I'm loving Dallas. I've always had a sweet spot for Dallas. It's a big you know, a big city, but it's also a big western city. So it has that kind of uh Um, Western vibe to it you can get out in the country real easy and Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah Yeah, Texas is a beautiful state Uh, I go down to Big Bend or uh, out to the Davis Mountains um, gorgeous or even the hill country where uh, I used to live in San Marcos so
0: mm -hmm yeah there there's there's a lot to see in Texas. it's a big place too i mean uh you go up to the paladero canyon that's that's one of the
1: prettiest things you'll ever see yes absolutely absolutely and yeah, the coast, even the coast is nice i mean I like Galveston i like Padre South Padre
0: mm-hmm. yeah my my mom, uh, my mom and dad used to live down at uh, Corpus Christi for a little while, and my my mom's favorite place on earth was Snoopy's. That was her favorite place to eat.
1: <laughs> so it's, I think it's time for an advertisement.
0: Oh, Okay, Let, let's let's do it. Hog Wild, Jonathan. Uh, oh, from Jonathan Woods. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm we sorry. I must know. No, no, feel free, feel free. Uh, It was funny when I was in Minneapolis at this uh, voucher con thing. mm -hmm. I, I, when I was eating by myself, I always sit at the bar, mm -hmm. whatever restaurant I'm in. Oh yeah. Lo, Lo and behold, in one restaurant, I sold books to the customers on either side of me at the bar. (laughs) <laughs> and then I did the same thing that evening <laughs> in a fancy steakhouse. So, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's awesome. I uh, I try to every time I'm traveling. I don't I don't travel a ton, but when I do, I keep a big stack of, of business cards and just hand them out at, at the airport bar. I that's that's one of my favorite places on earth. Is just your standard airport bar. I just oh, yeah. I like talking to people. You know, just everybody's usually willing to have a, a conversation at the airport bar. You know, if they, if they don't want to talk, they don't sit at the bar.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> right. That's right.
0: And uh, yeah, and so I got it's a, and you get, you never know where somebody's from. I like, I talked to a guy from Calgary, Alberta in, uh, I guess it was, was it Denver or Vegas? It was Denver, I guess. Um, yeah, it just, yeah, just, it, you never know where you're going to, where somebody's going to be from and what kind of, what kind of stories they got to tell.
1: Yes, indeed. Yeah, that's, you know, always good stories at least I, open up you know
0: yeah yeah and i i nothing better than you know just listening to a good story or, or swapping stories you know that that's my favorite thing on earth absolutely and drinking
1: the cars drinking tequila you gotta do that but. yes sir yes sir <laughs> <laughs> from texas or mexico right oh yeah yeah that's uh,
0: uh nowadays uh it's uh it's it's tequila and Topo Chico. That's that's kind of you know, everybody's
1: drinking. The, uh, they call that uh, ranch water.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a pretty good lime, stuff.
1: Too, a little lime in there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of it. It's a uh, it's a good drink.
1: It's an easy drink. Yeah. Yep. Pretty soon yep. you're on your
0: behind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It it goes down real real easy, and then uh, oh. it catches up to you real quick.
1: You know, in Mexico. The, they make margaritas, of course, but um, there's for some reason they're so much stronger than me- American margaritas. So very no, dangerous. Really, very dangerous. <laughs> they don't uh, put the sweetener in it like we do either. So, oh, I
0: yeah, I've noticed that about uh about um, the U.S. It's just everything's really really sweet, like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It might might be why we have an obesity problem. Made.
1: Oh, you're right. You now I noticed <laughs> that on this trip, how many really overweight people there are wandering around. Scary. Oh man, them. it really is. It's uh when when you actually pay attention
0: to it, you're like, holy cow, we are fat. So I guess yeah. we got
1: to do good too. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. But hey, uh, tequila's got no sugar in it, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, alcohol. Uh, Alcoholic beverages are low calorie if you don't, uh, yeah, if you don't add sweetener.
0: Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's pretty. I don't know if it's healthy, but it's uh, it's less sugar for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: Well, I was reading some guy, uh, some doctors talking about, um, you know, when you hit like seventy, you should give up drinking because. If you want to live a long time, and I, you know, you kind of look at them and say, well, why would I want to give up drinking? <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a. Uh... But that's just me. You know? Yeah.
0: I think he passed away here a couple a couple of years ago but there was uh, a World War 2 vet lived in Austin, Texas and he uh, he smoked stogies and and drank whiskey every day of his life and he was like 104 years old and uh,
1: there
0: you go. so yeah it's it, who knows who knows well, how it all works
1: reason, but you know, yeah. don't, don't give up your you know the good things in life, just to live for a few more years. No, you know, no, after especially all these people now getting uh, what are they call Alzheimer's.
0: Oh, I know it. Yeah, it's
1: that's uh really too. Yeah, it's. I don't I, know I, because we I'm, live longer now. We're more susceptible to it, or what? But I don't know. That
0: that's a weird one. That that Alzheimer's. It just it doesn't seem to. That's another one. No rhyme or reason. It just kind of happens.
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't keep know reading. what it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that way they can't tell if you're uh, if you got Alzheimer's or not. <laughs> there you go, and then people keep reading Hog Wild, of course. But. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Then there are people that don't know what to think. <laughs> Uh, so who, who are your, some, uh, some of your favorite, uh, like authors and, uh, uh, genres that you, like, like if you, if you had to just pick, uh, you know, something to, to read, what, what are you going to?
1: Well, I mean, I read a fair amount of crime fiction. Uh, I tend to go for crime fiction that's a little bit more, I don't know what I'd call it, literary, a little, little more carefully crafted sentences. Mm. But I, you know, uh, just a couple of influences that have affected my work. First, I would mention um, Raymond Chandler, who, of course, is classic crime fiction. His detective, Philip Marlowe, was in the late 30s and early 40s. And, you know, Humphrey Bogart, Mm -hmm. Philip Marlowe in The Big Sleep but but chandler was famous for his uh similes and metaphors uh, very very funny and i kind mm-hmm. of kind of rubbed off on me so you'll find a bunch of weird similes and metaphors in the in hogwild and my other books I, I
0: noticed that in like i forget it was in the first you know first couple paragraphs there was there was some some little uh simile that i i had never heard before but i liked and uh <laughs>
1: And then the, the other writer that's influenced me is a guy named Barry Gifford.
0: Okay. He
1: started out as a poet and then started writing novels, and uh, somewhere along the line, probably in the, I don't know, in the 1990s, somewhere in there, he wrote a book called Wild at Heart. That okay. Was, that was, he teamed up with. um, uh, teamed up with david lynch okay and they made a movie out of it a great movie um with laura dern and um, the guy that made the pig movie recently um oh um nicholas cage nicholas cage oh, okay it's yeah a, yeah it's a terrific movie but the book is i i think the book is better than the movie but the book is just very funny. It's kind of a road trip mm. um, where an ex-con and his his girlfriend run off and the ex-con's girlfriend's mother wants to track him down. And it's a it, but it's a very funny book and it moves very quickly. And that that kind of style is his style mm, okay. what, uh affected me as a as a writer, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then other writers I like, for example, Michael Connelly, I, I, you know, I mean, he, he writes the same book over and over, but they're all really well done. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was a super generous, I mean, he was, you know, he's been pretty famous for years. And I remember before I even published my first book, I went to see him. He came to Dallas and I went to, you know, he did a book reading and signing or whatever you call it. And, mm-hmm. uh, I went up to see him and I said, uh, do you ever read manuscripts? And he rolls his eyes at me and says, uh, not really, but all right, send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I sent him this manuscript and a few months went by and I figured, oh, he's blown me off, you know. And then out of the blue, I receive in the mail a three-page hand-typed letter telling me, you know, what I need to do to fix the book. Huh. And uh I did I ended up not doing that. I ended up putting the book in the bottom drawer and starting a new book. Oh, okay. But the thing that amazed me is here's this best-selling writer who's probably so busy not only writing new books but trying to, you know, create TV shows or movies mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, his, and he had took the personal time to write me a three page letter after Mm -hmm. he read my manuscript. I mean, that is to me such a generous act.
0: Yeah, for, for sure. That, that takes some time. Like just, just the typing of the letter takes a little bit of time, but then also reading, critiquing and, and, and giving advice on a book too. I mean, that's a, yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty impressive. We that's,
1: didn't have uh, to do that. You know, I've had no. other big seller writers look at me when I ask them if they read manuscripts and they say something like, well, my lawyer won't let me look at manuscripts because I'm no. sued. So that's, you know, that's the sort of the kiss off. But mm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's, you, have, uh, you have to be generous in this life I mean you 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 asking me to be on your podcast is an example of generosity because here I am you know kind of a famous writer that you've never heard of <laughs> well I uh <laughs> here you I, are helping me you know s- promote hog wild so well
0: I appreciate it it's uh I I don't have a huge audience but so I'm glad that you that you came on anyways you know it's uh it's uh kind of a kind of odd couple pairing but I, I I've really enjoyed the conversation and I I'm like it's a really uh a pleasant surprise you know how much I like this book you know because it's it, it was kind of out of the blue but I said ah, sounds interesting anyways you know at the very least it, it sounds entertaining and I that's 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 kind of the the big the big reason I started this was because there wasn't anybody that I found talking about, you know, stuff that a working cowboy wants. So that's what I do for a living. So I just I figure I put out something that's entertaining that guys like me and a horse all day wouldn't mind listening to. So I, I this is it's been a fascinating, you know, chat. And so yeah, I, I think you're right. You gotta be generous in life.
1: Yep. Give what you give out, you get back.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, so, and you know, there's uh I, mean, I think there's there's been missing a lot in, in culture here lately. It's just like honest discussion, conversation, regardless of, you know, political ideology, people have got way too freaking political here lately. Yeah, and, uh,
1: definitely.
0: yeah. And, um, there's just not enough, you know, discussion because I, I think when you, when you actually talk to people, you find out you're not nearly as far apart as, uh, as a lot of people might think you are. And then, Oh, you just, there's a lot of good that comes, comes out of conversation.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'll, you know, I'll talk to anybody anywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Same here. I'm
1: and a I very friendly kind of guy, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, and like I said, it, it's kind of like that old, and I've been using it a lot lately because I've, I've been doing some traveling, but I just, that, that airport bar deal is like, because you just, you never know what you're going to hear, who you're going to, who you're going to talk to, but it's always pretty interesting and you, you you gain something out of it just just by having a conversation
1: absolutely and i you know i think we need the political scene to come more into the middle yeah i, mean, right? I agree where people are willing to you know not only talk to each other but compromise on mm. stuff that's good for the american people i don't
0: yeah i think so I think. That
1: may be, but <laughs>
0: yeah yeah they I think you have to highlight good discussions and and compromise and stuff, and not pay as much attention to the lunatics that are they're making all the noise
1: on the fringe. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I think I think you're right, and that doesn't mean you have to be a centrist or whatever. It's just like yeah, you have to be willing to to talk to the other other side. Yeah, that, that, that's that's the the biggest thing that you don't otherwise nothing else, nothing, nothing changes. It just gets worse.
1: Right.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So, so let's talk about beautiful women again.
0: <laughs> I exactly.
1: I <laughs> don't want to get too serious here. Yeah.
0: No, no, I, I, I agree. Um, so <laughs> you, you, you're, you're also very funny in your writing. Is there, uh, is there like any like comedic influences outside of the, the stuff that you, you've, uh, mentioned already.
1: Um, well, I mean, I always enjoy a good comedic book. I can't mm. think of any quite off the top of my head that I read recently, but. Um,
0: I always go back to Mark Twain. You know, he's he's a classic as far as just like a lot of hidden humor. Like it just it's very, very dry. If you're just just reading and you're not paying attention, you you don't notice it. But if you if you notice it you're like man that was really funny just like real clever <laughs> and uh but I, I don't know i i appreciate people that have a, a way with words you know turn of a phrase or something and it's like like those little similes you were you were talking about That that adds flavor to a, to a good story
1: yeah david david sedaris is a very funny writer mm-hmm. i actually saw him live he did a like a just kind of a chit chat thing in front of an mm. audience of probably a couple of hundred people. And he had them in, in uh, hysterics. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. There, there's something, something to that, just being able and particularly on the fly, just being able to come up with stuff to I've uh it, it's, it's, you know, thinking quick on your feet. That's a, uh, that's a talent.
1: Yeah. I'm a big fan of, um, Monty Python, too. I don't know. Oh yeah, but there was not only the movies, but there's also a you know a TV show that was on for years, out of mm-hmm. totally wacky stuff. I mean, that dry English sense of humor that you suddenly realize they said something out so outrageously, mm-hmm. end up rolling on the floor. Oh uh, yeah, the all the Monty
0: Python stuff is just so oh. so funny, and they they don't. There's no there's no boundaries either. They it just, uh, it's, uh, it's so funny. I, I grew up on, uh, you know, on South park and that's another oh, yeah. kind of absurd. Yeah. And I, I honestly think it's the funniest TV show ever made. And I, it's just shitty oh, animation God. and, and just, just <laughs> Dick and, and, and fart jokes mixed with like really, really cutting like social commentary. Oh yeah. The social commentary is <clears throat> fantastic. Oh it's so so good. They are they are so funny. So funny. I uh, and it's just amazing how that, you know, just like really crudely animated TV show has become like just a fixture of American culture for the past I think they just did celebrated 25 years or something stupid like that.
1: Well, you know, the hogs characters in my book are kind of like that too. I mean, they beca- they become very active and have, you know, discussions and
0: yeah you
1: know so they're 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 major characters in the book and they all have really weird names like Pol Pot Jr. you know um, (laughs) Pol Pot Jr. (laughs) uh, E.D. Amen
0: that's that's uh, funny
1: Doctor Mengele the Fourth, yeah, so the the Hogs. I mean, they read all these history books, but mm. they get it all confused in their minds, and so they end up <laughs> twisting it around. So it's, uh, you know, it's funny. I that's
0: really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I and I'm I'm a history nerd too, so I just mm-hmm. like I I appreciate again uh, any any like. You know, comedic reference to uh, you know to like some obscure historical, or even not up so much obscure, but just like you know, if you can make a funny reference to history, I'm like that, that gets uh, gets gets me laughing every time.
1: And, and, that, and you know, they're usually uh, um, very bad people. And, and they mm. end up choosing for names for some reason.
0: <laughs> I'd, that's funny. I. That's really <laughs> funny. <laughs>
1: And uh, a writer a friend of mine, a woman named uh, Vicki Hendricks, who writes sort of Florida noir, very kind of pulpy, very sexy, um, really great, great books to read. Anyway, she wrote about Hogwild. She said, men are pigs and pigs are men. <laughs> that, was, that kind of sums up my satiric intent when I wrote this book. That's it's not. It's not wrong.
0: It's not <laughs> wrong. I um you uh on your website said you split time between Dallas and and uh Key West. Uh Key West, uh that's either a vacation spot or where people just like go to get lost, isn't it? Well,
1: it's, that about perfectly sums it up. Uh it also actually, strangely enough, it attracts and has continued to tra- attract uh writers, especially. I mean, Hemingway, of course, mm-hmm. was there, but also uh, Tennessee Williams had a house there. Mm-hmm. And one of my absolute favorite modern writers who I just died a couple of years ago, a guy named Robert Stone, who um, wrote a book called Dog Soldiers. Oh, which, OK. OK. He won a National Book Award about heroin smuggling from Vietnam.
0: Yeah. I, and, I haven't read that, but I uh, I remember... I remember hearing about it, and because it was uh, made a lot of news, I think
1: it did. It was it's a brilliant book. I have probably read it four times. I, well, I, anyway. it's on my it, list now. It hasn't influenced my writing because he's well, I don't know. There's a lot of irony in his book, so I guess it's influenced me in that respect. But it's you know it's written as a very straightforward, um, um, yeah,
0: like a historical account. I,
1: yeah, not 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 uh, not humorous, except in a very ironic sense. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's a very serious book, but yeah, but it reads like a thriller. So mm-hmm. fabulous writer. He wrote four great books, and then I guess some of his talent started to wane as he got older. But his mm-hmm. first four books, which Dog Soldiers was number two. Um, brilliant stuff just brilliant stuff i'll i'm gonna put
0: dog soldiers on my on my list uh you know to to read next but uh have you read anything by annie jacobson
1: not don't, don't know that name
0: okay she does a lot of well, she she's a really fantastic author but she uh she does a lot more into like the cons- Uh, conspiracy realm but she does it all based on facts like she goes and like does a lot of foia requests and and digging through declassified documents and everything so she's done one on area 51 but it's has nothing to do with extraterrestrials it's strictly about the like the secret airplanes that were developed uh had area 51 and then she does like a whole history of the cia and the special like the special operations community it's really really good Good work. I, I can't recommend her.
1: I uh, will oh, no. look into her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I By think way, you'll enjoy I, it. I want to make an admission. I'm I'm actually an alien.
0: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Did you ever meet meet up with a Sasquatch?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, there's a, there's some kind of mystical beast that lives in Texas that uh, is kind of like a wolf, like a you know, chupacabra. Yeah, that's it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So maybe maybe I was on to something. It's not a Sasquatch but a chupacabra that got abducted by aliens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> by the way, I was just thinking about Monty Python again and you know that I forget which film it is. It's one of the movies that has the killer rabbit mm. that goes for people's throats. Oh
0: what is that movie? Is that the Holy Grail, I think, maybe. Mm- Oh, maybe it is. I can't remember. I, I remember the scene. I think it, it's got to be holy grail, don't it?
1: Yeah, I think so. Well, anyway, yeah. Hogwild Hog has a killer monkey. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, you'll meet him later on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was reading uh, a, a news article the other day about how the Russians have, uh, it was the Russians or the Ukrainians, I think it was the Russians, that had uh, attacked dolphins. <laughs> um,
1: really? and,
0: yeah. And so I, I, I figure that Florida is going to have attack manatees. I don't know what the, the, the Gulf coast, I guess manatees would be in the Gulf coast. Yeah. Um,
1: I, I used to be able to pet manatees when I lived in Key West. Yeah. Oh, really? There was one that hung around uh, one of my favorite bars that was right on the, you know, on the, in a little Harbor area mm-hmm. and that manatee would, float around and he would come up and he let you rub his tummy huh. hard to believe. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Those things are huge too, aren't they? Yeah. They're big. Yeah. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. That's wild. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what a, what a weird creature, the manatee, <laughs> you know, wild. Um, so, so what do you, uh, what do you do besides write and, and travel?
1: Um, I don't know. Look at beautiful women. Drink tequila. Um, I like to cook a little bit. Yeah. Nothing. nothing What's your too, specialty? Nothing too fancy, but well, I, I really like to do a, 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 a fillet fried in a you know a cast iron skillet mm-hmm. about three minutes per side. Yeah. And,
0: good medium rare.
1: Yeah, medium rare. And yeah. It's a lot cheaper than going out for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When I was in Minneapolis at that voucher con thing, I went to this steakhouse called Manny's Steakhouse. It's probably Mm -hmm. been there for 200 years, since 1776,
0: maybe. Yeah,
1: maybe. And uh, I had a, a vodka martini. I had a Caesar salad. And I had a filet. And it cost me 140 bucks. Oof. Unbelievable.
0: Oof. That's uh <laughs> I hope it was a good filet. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: was excellent, but it was a lot of money.
0: Oof. I uh yeah, I I was uh we went out to sushi the other night and uh and re- we live, you know, not too far from Reno. And you know, the deal there is every sushi restaurant is all you can eat. And it's usually it used to be about twenty, twenty five bucks, and now I think it's thirty-five, but Still worth it. Still yeah,
1: everything it. is going up, though, like crazy. Yeah, What was that? Um, there was a movie, not too recent, set in uh, Lake Taos. No, yeah. Ta- Lake Tahoe? Lake Tahoe, Nevada, with Tilda Swinton, and her son was in trouble with some... Hmm. Oh. What was the name? The Deep End. There's, yeah, The Deep End. That was the, the name. Deep End. Huh. I've
0: never... That was in Tahoe, huh? Yeah,
1: it's a, it's a really good little crime movie. I enjoyed
0: huh. it. Mostly. I'll have to... I'll check it out. Yeah, like my... Uh, I've been... My wife has seen it. She's a She's a Nevada native, and so she knows all, all sorts of Nevada history. I, I told her she could start her own tour guide service uh, <laughs> in northern Nevada and, and make a killing. But... That would be uh,
1: cool.
0: Yeah. So if you're ever in, if uh, you ever get a a hankering to Sorry? visit Tahoe, if you ever get a hankering to visit Tahoe, give me a holler and I'll uh we'll show you around.
1: Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Some so, of uh, so, Ross McDonald's mysteries are set in that part of the world.
0: West, um, Mark- uh,
1: Western Nevada.
0: Yeah. Ross Twain used to spend a lot of time up in Lake Tahoe and then Virginia city as well. There's there's another little, little writers kind of haven, I guess.
1: Was he a gambler?
0: Uh, I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Probably. I think, I think if anybody that lived West of the Mississippi at that point was a gambler of some sort.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely.
0: Yeah. well, Mister Woods, I appreciate the conversation today. If uh, do so, do all do all the plugs you want to do before we get out of here. Makes make sell all all the books you can, so you can drink more tequila wherever it is you go.
1: <laughs> Hog Wild is the name of the book. Heck it? yeah! Oops. I haven't got this camera thing. <laughs> and it's available on Amazon, basically. Uh- yeah. All right. As an ebook and as a hardback, but a very inexpensive hardback.
0: Awesome. Uh, are you going to do an audio book on it?
1: Um, I might. I'm not sure. Not sure. Awesome. And if you if you're um, if you're, you're done with that one, there's four more before that. Uh, Mad Juju I... and other tales of madness and mayhem. A death in Mexico phone call from hell and other tales of the damned and kiss the devil. Good (laughs) night.
0: Awesome. I'll, uh, I'm going to make my way through them all at some point, but I'm going to, I'm going to finish hog wild first. Um, uh, it's really, really funny, really, really good read. So I, I recommend it highly.
1: Thank you very much for that. And, um, you know, if you, when you finish it, if you go on, if you like it, go on Amazon and, write a nice little review that would help me out too
0: you bet i'll do that okay. so check him out jonathan woods Hogwild, and all of his other books southern is that correct for your yes. website
1: yeah right. you, you,
0: you can find all the information there um uh, man jonathan i appreciate it again thank you so much and uh thanks everybody for tuning in
1: a pleasure talking to a bunch of cowboys.
0: <laughs> you we got, you bet. now, uh, move your ass, we'll him there.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Well, I was born at a party in a barn, with a guitar strapped across my arm, so i Everybody knows that I'm hog wild Well I pick it high and I pick it low Pick it with my teeth and pick it with my toe You can hear me play for a country mile Everybody knows that I'm hog wild Everybody knows that I'm hog wild
1: too long Me and them city folks Couldn't get along
0: My mama said You're a destined child
1: They all know You's born all wild So I traveled All over this land And I found myself A backwoods band You can hear us Play for a country mile Everybody knows that we're hog wild. Yeah, everybody knows that we're hog wild.